He's here. Well, well, well. He brought his own water, too. Okay. Hey, my girlfriend has No, she doesn't. Is this is hers. Did you mug her? I mugged her. Oh, my God. Is like a mug? Yeah, it's kind of like a big mug. It's kind of like a stupid mug. Yeah. We're recording already, aren't we? Hell yeah, You know it. You know it. so fucked. You know it, baby. I hate that. Gotcha, bitch. Welcome to... If this podcast ever gains traction, there's going to be a super cut. Yeah. We're recording, aren't we? Are we recording? Yeah, we're recording, aren't we? That's the season finale. It's, it's, a, uh, it's a clip show. <laughs> it's just all that. It's just me going like, fuck, right, damn, we're recording. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, you know what? I might be able to edit that into the Right Now, Wrong Then episode. Good. Hey. That would be amazing. That would, I, I might actually do that. Uh, I haven't seen that, that video, episode, but I get that joke. That episode is coming up. Okay, cool. On the schedule. I mean, it has already been. <laughs> I was telling Rocky. Peek behind the I was curtain. telling yeah. Rocky, and I was saying on the podcast that this uh, show sometimes makes me feel like the pre-taped Colin show. Hundred percent, Mister Show. Hundred percent, a hundred and a hundred percent. That's really fun. Idiots, did you see last week? <laughs> Damn. But you were talking about the audition. Yeah. Which is another great Mister Show sketch, mm-hmm. and my first into I think Mister Show and that sketch was. Um, uh, in my freshman, my school did a freshman play every year, mm-hmm. and they used the audition as like it was like kind of like a little like short thing, like welcome to high school being a freshman sort yeah. of situation. Whoa. And it was like different sketches or like condensed plays or whatever. And one of them was the audition. It it's, was like it's very who's on first. It is, it's which is like, what's awesome. Which about is the funniest skit. <laughs> I mean, it is the, the ultimate. Yeah. It's kind of the only comedy skit. It's on the right? decade end of the yeah, end of year list. <laughs> It's on, it's, it's on the end of Decade List because yeah. it came out, what, three years yeah, ago? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, it was easily a 2017 sketch. <laughs> yeah, they start with Trill, Raby, yeah. who's, on, who's on first, bitch? And then then Costello. Is it Abbott or Costello who follows up? Well, instead of saying third base at the same time, they both say yeet. <laughs> they say yeet, and then one of them shoots himself in the foot. Yeah, exactly. With a real God, gun. If, was on, if Abbott and Costello were around in 2013 through 16, they would have a vine. Yeah, vines. Yeah. Ah, God. Who's on first? What's on second? I don't know who's on third. Shoot yourself in the foot. <laughs> And that's it. Well, welcome back to the stupidest podcast of all time. Welcome back to my favorite thing to do. Oh, this is so much fun. I love yes. doing it. It's so much fun. This As I'm sure you've guessed already, uh, we have a guest We today. have a guest. And um, if you, I, if, I don't remember if I said his name earlier or not, no, but if you so. might recognize his voice. He is the first returning guest. Yes. He is the yes. first guest to come back. For a, he's the first guest to come back, but he's also the first guest that we've had who didn't pick the movie. Who didn't yeah. pick both yeah. things? Just the, he just picked the album. No, Jack, Jack didn't pick both things. Oh, either. that's right. Oh, yeah. sorry, that's right. You chose the album. I chose the yeah, album. Yeah, so yeah, he's yeah. the first guest to not come back and pick the movie. You know him from everything now on oh. Twitch Sundays oh. and Wednesday nights at eight. Mm-hmm. You know him from probably some laundromats around Los Angeles. <laughs> Uh, he's a comedian, he's a writer, right. he's a director, ladies and gentlemen, Rocky Parito. Hello. Welcome back. Hi, I'm so glad to be here. I'm, I'm so excited. I, I've listened to the podcast now that it's like out. So yeah. I'm like, I'm like, a, I'm a devotee. I'm like, <laughs> wow. We got a disciple. Yeah. Hell yeah, baby. We did bit. it. We've Better, equal to, or worse than Marin? Mm. <laughs> it's better than the first 15 minutes. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that. Those are, but those are the I best have, part of the show. I have, I have bad news, guys. We just got sponsored by Stamps.com. Damn. Yes, yes. And we I didn't just, actually get sponsored by Stamps.com, but by the time this comes out, who the fuck knows? It's honestly, true. I'm hoping you know, for me undies. Honestly, weirdly enough, I shit my pants, even though we're not doing a pow, uh, coffee. Which one is that? You know that bit he does? <laughs> I don't know that. Don't bit. leave me out here hanging. <laughs> I don't know that. He's bit. like he like drinks. He like hear him sip a cup of coffee and he goes pow. 
wow, I just shit my pants. <laughs> yeah, Marin does oh, that like bit. Cow coffee or something? Yeah, it's like some, it's like uh, something coffee. Oh, listener, fuck. you have to believe me. <laughs> That's fucked up. I Mark Marin, please write in. Yeah. I know that we've been, you've been leasing this space, and it's only fair. <laughs> Uh, you haven't listened to the show yet, but I just I need you to email in and let us know what I, your ads are. I just realized I should be Mark Marin for Halloween. Yeah, oh, you could do that. I have the shirt. I could probably have a wig. Probably I have the glasses. Do you have the mustache? The I mustache got, is key. I I, mm-hmm. I I can make sure the mustache works. I yeah. have a microphone and headphones. I think so, that might be enough. Maybe like a, a folks, mug of coffee. Uh, yeah. And you're listening to this. Go back to Rocky's uh, Instagram around Halloween. It's and see yeah. What it's either going to be that or I'm angry eating a cheeseburger. So we'll see. <laughs> Watching Gemini Man. Yeah. 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 Exactly. I yeah. went as uh, last night. I went to a party as Best Supporting Actor Tommy Lee Jones. Ooh. He won for. The Fugitive. The fugitive. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's there you go. Yeah, he's uh, the famous line from that movie is "I didn't kill my wife," and he says, "I'm going to shoot you anyway." <laughs> right? It's yeah, the yeah. who's on first. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't kill my wife. I didn't kill my wife. I don't care. I'm hard. <laughs> 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 fucking runs out. Boom. Uh, we got a, we got a fun show today. You know, we are going to have yeah. a fun show. Uh, it's awesome that we have not once said what we are going to talk about yet. No <laughs> one cares. I don't think. Can I make even worse quick aside? Here's What's my that? here's my Halloween costume from two years ago. Come on, you dude. were the snowman. I was I was not. I was you Mr. were Mr. Police. I was Mr. Police. Hell yeah, oh, baby! That is very good. Wait, do you want to hear my snowman voice? <laughs> yes. All right, Mr. Police. <laughs> you could have saved him. Wow. I gave you all the clues. <laughs> I didn't imagine it was so high pitched, but now you changed my perspective. <laughs> Makes a lot of sense here. Yeah. I guess I'll just do mine. This yeah, is what I imagine well, the yeah. police. Yeah. So, so imagine. Well, who's in that movie? Is it? Uh, it's Michael it's Fassbender. Yeah, Fassbender's name character name is Harry Holt. <laughs> it is Harry Holt. That's one hundred percent right. Yeah, one hundred percent right. Because it's a Norwegian something yes, or other, right? Is, yeah. Yeah. So just imagine Michael Fassbender walking along. He picks up the thing, and this is the little drawing of the snowman, and he just goes. Mr. Police, I could have helped you. I could have you all the clues. She agreed with that lady. I just imagine Buffalo Bill. We're here to talk about the snowman today, folks. (laughs) Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, No, we got two. uh, We got a Noah's Choice and we got a Rocky's Choice. Rocky's Choice is the album. Which we love to start with. Which we would love to start with. I would want, because this is probably the deepest cut (laughs) we've had on the show. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, no. This, do you want Rocky? You should preview. I can preview. Preview it, yeah. yeah. Bring us into your kind of history with this. Yeah, so originally I wanted to do Quebec by Ween, which I felt like is a lesser Ween album in a lot of people's eyes. Also, the first guest to audible their album. Yeah. Pick. Yeah. I was like, I was listening to it again, and I was like, I love this album so much. And then I was just kind of like realizing that maybe so if. If any ween heads out there were listening, they'd be like, this isn't even like the weirdest deep cut album I could pick. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I remember this album that I listened to in high school because um, the people who are in the band uh, work with Jody Hill and yeah. Dan McBride on the Foot oh, This Way and Observing Report. They're like the like Joseph Stevens, the front man of Pyramid, the band that I picked, um, is the composer for all of his movies and yeah. TV shows. And um, I love the album for this band Pyramid. It's their first album, 2005. And uh, no one ever talks about it. I, yeah, yeah, I, I sure. would look online. There's no reviews of it, really. There's, like, some here and there. Uh-huh. Um, and it would just kind of be, like, me trying to tell my friends, like, you should really listen to this album. It's, like, s- like Southern Gothic Radiohead. And yeah. that's, like, the yeah. best way I can describe it. And um, I, it holds up, I think. Um, they've only made two albums before. 
and this one just really stands out as something really intense. Like they put it's very some, intense. That yeah. was my. That's like kind of my impression. Of and if you've yeah. seen impression, if you've seen the Foot Fist Way, they do have a song which is the opening credits. Yes. Uh, like song, it's the Dog Wild Heaven song. Yeah. Gotcha. But like, this is nothing like no, that. No, absolutely not. Which is funny because like, there's maybe like one country song in this album, and they have had played some songs that are like more folksy and, and like acoustic guitar and just kind of low key. Um, in fact, funny enough, I would say that the B sides for this album on their website is better than the album itself. So oh wow, yeah. okay. it, it's less intense, but it has a lot more like poppy actual songs to like, okay. that are, like a little easier to kind of ease yourself into. But this album is so I feel like it makes a dramatic statement yeah, the way is, it uses yeah, yeah, strings yeah. and horns and clarinets and like and can you tell that audience the name of the album uh no <laughs> <laughs> thank you. okay yeah. thank you rocky <laughs> the, the album is on spotify if you want to listen to it it is the first american by pyramid and this is a good time as any to just say that this is a hard album to find mm-hmm. so i've done the work i've been collecting oh. the albums we've been talking about and making a spotify playlist wow yes. uh, look at you so i will make a i'll put that in the show description I'll probably go back and like retroactively do it too. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if this is public. Yeah, oh. but it's called it's on my po- personal Spotify <laughs> and it's called it's on the parentheses playlist. That's good. You're I- fired. <laughs> <laughs> Two differing opinions on that choice. <laughs> That's good. You're fired. Um, I would listen to that playlist because I've enjoyed all the albums that have been talked about on this podcast. Yeah, so and far. if you're when you know you can my the ones that I picked especially. <laughs> yeah, those, uh, those ones are pretty funny. Yeah, it's public and. Uh, uh, observant listeners will notice I've already put it in the description, so they can, oh get, my ahead, God. They can get ahead of the pod. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> this album sounds like what the pioneers and the settlers may have listened to. Probably. Yeah, that's <laughs> great about it. I yeah, think. it's like raining all the time, yeah. and like things are trying to kill them constantly. Yeah. And yeah. also, yeah. Like, and yeah. like they talk literally songs are called like Monsters in the Canyon. Yeah. Like it's like, if you guys ever, here's a crazy fucking connection. Have you guys ever been to the Museum of Jurassic Technology? Not, yeah, no. no. Where it, is that? So it's like just outside of Culver City. Okay. It's this museum. It's like right on, I think, like Exposition or something like that. Maybe National. I'm not 100% sure. Like down in that area. I went with my buddy Christian Hyatt and he was like... We just, like, we got lunch over there. He's like, do you want to do something fucked up? And I was like, sure. <laughs> so we went into this this, uh, this building, and it just said in, like, very small print, Museum of Jurassic Technology, like, at the top of the uh, top of the building. And I was like, oh, fuck, I've heard of this place, but I've never been. And so I went in, and it's like, what a museum would have been like if it was, like, the 1800s almost. So it's got, like, this weird ironic That's twist so to it almost. cool. Where, like, it's not necessarily facts, but it's the best information that would have been available. Yeah, like a subjective museum kind yes. of thing. That's interesting. That's it was really cool. And that's kind okay. of what this reminded me of in a lot of ways. Sure. Weirdly yeah. enough, because... The stuff in there isn't, like, Ripley's Believe It or Not, where it's, like, weird and, like, freakish. Yeah. But it's just, like, not, like what a present day person might be like hearing yeah. or looking at. And that's kind of what listening to this made me feel like it almost felt like I was going back in time mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. I mean, the album's yeah, called yeah, The yeah, First yeah. American. There, it is like a head trip it, like that. Yeah. It does. And it made me feel just very like not in my present time. No. Like yeah. it made me feel like I was like, I was being transported back into like a time where you would have cut rocks with a pickaxe and like worked in a mine and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, and then that. like gone to the, you know, the gone to like a rickety saloon. It's yeah. kind of like McCabe and Mrs. Miller in that one. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Totally. You yeah. know? It like, has the mood swings of it for sure. It does. Yeah. And it's just, it's very much just getting you in and making you want to feel what it's like to be in a place where like 
Speaking yeah, of McCabe, though, talk about like top five saddest endings in a movie. Ever. Oh, that, movie, that ending is uh, I, it's oh, black. It's black. It's pitch yeah. black, but it's also just like yeah. I remember when I first saw like movie for the first time, which is this year, I think. Yeah, and um, I I just love the triumph. The, the ending has there's two halves of the ending, I would say. Yeah, and the one that I would say is less stark. I've always felt is like that is the most beautiful thing. Uh, sure. Like, most beautiful portrayal of humanity. Be- yeah, McCabe and Mrs. Yeah. Miller both get the. McCabe and Mrs. Miller have separate endings. Yeah. Um, McCabe's well, ending is is that the one you're saying that that's? The I one think there's three one? then. So there's McCabe, Miss Miller, and then the townspeople yes, of yes, First yes, Presbyterian. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like that, just seeing them. Spoilers for for a seven forty year old movie at this point. Watch McCabe and Mrs. Yeah. Pause the podcast. That movie's almost fifty years old. Pause the podcast. Go watch McCabe and Mrs. Miller. That's fucked up to yeah. Watch it. Close your ears for one second. When the townspeople are putting out the fire and drinking, I thought like that is. That's what yeah, I it really is the, the snow is, of yeah, the, the snow yeah. is the snow is falling and it's like covering up McCabe's body, but mm-hmm. Mrs. Miller is just like coked out on her doing opium and, again. Opium, yeah, yeah. Uh, rough uh, movie, beautiful yeah. movie, beautiful album, first American. This is the one that I another one that I had to listen to twice. Yeah, I don't because I, as you guys were saying, it's very transportive. Like the way they you kind use... of have to like only listen to this album when you're listening to it. Yeah, you can't really multitask. It, yeah, because you know? it like I fucked myself because I went to downtown to uh, I went down to uh, Hollywood Boulevard to get uh, the Oscar schedule for my Tommy Lee Jones nice. costume. Classic. Uh, I got he won Best BFF. It's on the shelf <laughs> over there. <laughs> no one has ever given him the award. For best BFF. <laughs> uh, that's what that's the award he won for the Fusion. <laughs> yes. yeah. Harrison Ford's best friend. He got a Razzie for worst best friend by Jim Carrey. Yeah, they yeah. did. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. No, they hated each other in that movie. I, yeah. it's, it's hilarious. Uh, but I want, so I was like, I'm going to just, it's going to probably take an hour for me to get to Hollywood Boulevard and back. I just want something to listen to. I'll listen to the first American, knock something out. And it was just like, I was having such a difficult time getting my head around the album. Sure. <laughs> and then I was new this afternoon and I gave it, a, or this morning before we were recording, and I gave it a little more of my attention and I was like, I see it now. I yeah. see it. I see it. So, uh, do we want to get to other our recommendations on this this one yet or not? Or is there more we want to say? I was just going to say, to me, it feels like Tom Waits meets Spoon, actually. Wow. Yeah, that's I like really that. good. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Because there are moments, especially in, like, Monsters in the Canyon yeah. and, like, the Engineer, those tracks Engineer specifically. Is amazing. Incredible. Yeah. Ding to China is also one of my, like, as a drummer, I think that uh, that song is a sure. totem. It's a nice like, little, like, warp think, into that album. Exactly. this guy yeah. likes R.E.M. and Michael Stipe. May, I mean, I, I the engineer I, monster. Oh, maybe yeah. I would digging say to what's, bet, the, what's the REM song? Digging to uh, uh, I don't know. I feel digging, like I digging know. to losing my religion. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Obviously, obviously, I didn't see it there. Yeah. I feel like uh, they probably have different, similar mindsets. Probably. And make yeah. Mu- different types of music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so don't go into this expecting to hear anything similar to REM. No, no, no. It is. You'll hear bass uh, bassoons. Yeah. Bass you'll clarinets. hear like cellos and flutes and uh, violins. Lens. Like crashing, it's yeah. Like, you'll hear. Yeah, it's like Appalachian Decemberists, kind of. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is like a. It's like a um, horse-drawn carriage careening down a mountain <laughs> as snow is falling. And it can't yeah. stop. It can't it's stop stupid. exactly, but they need to save everybody in yeah. this fucking. You know, yeah. it's kind of stressful. It is. It's very yeah, stressful. I'll, I'll admit it is a very again so a cinematic. Yeah, I'm glad you liked it. Tom Waits is very good. Do you know who one of the co-singers and co-guitarists of this band is? No, Ben Best. 
Oh no! Oh, I was actually Ben that's Bass. Crazy. Ba- Rocky's just always bringing the Ben Bass knowledge. I'm keeping on this these pod. trains together. Yeah, man. yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's uh, being revitalized on this exactly. podcast. Exactly. We're gonna. We, you did say what? <laughs> yes, yeah. Let's, no, let's said, push it. Ben Bass. No one did say on Observer Report. R.I.P. Ben Bass. The 2020s are gonna be the the decade of Bass baby. Yes, the best decade. The best decade. The best decade. We're manifesting it. But yeah, he sings on half the songs in this album. Damn, it's so cool. He's a freak. He's a he's an absolute freak. And this album came out what mid 2000s. Next year, Foot Fist Way comes out. Okay, right. Crazy. Yeah, okay. Crazy. And I think that what's interesting is like, I think you, you have these very industrial sounding uh, tracks like in The Engineer and like other other songs on the album, but then mm-hmm. like you have these like less than two minute respites like Cricket City and yeah. Shelly, which are so yeah. fucking beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're so nice and they feel they needed that there. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like how this is totally unrelated like in terms of music mm-hmm. sounds to this but like the album uh, Yankee uh, what is it Yankee something Foxtrot by Will Yankee Yankee Hose Up Foxtrot the idea of putting heavy metal drummer in the middle of that uh-huh. album to yeah. sort of like bridge the gap between the two sections is just so smart yeah. by that band and like just having those little respites in the in the first American by Pyramid is so smart because you need for I what I'll just say quote unquote the average listener yeah. and I think anyone listening to this album for the first time I think you kind of need stuff sure. like that yeah. or else it would feel I think overbearing but surprisingly I would recommend this album I'm I glad. didn't think I didn't think I would yeah I'm really glad yeah I was that. I was very before I gave it another go and like really gave it the time that it deserved I was like I need Rocky to bring me to my his side <laughs> on this I need to convince you, but no, I mean, like, I again, you got to give it its time, but it's really, it's really is kind of like an unearth. It's like a, a hidden gem, kind of in a way. I, I'm glad you guys think so. Yeah, I would recommend if you ever like, you know, find yourself on like a dark night with some time, like an hour to yourself. A dark night with Bane or Joker. Yeah, or with the, yeah. with a uh, Joker's <laughs> trick or two up your sleeve in the cooler. Um, Sorry, terrible. <laughs> um, I'm fired. Yeah, can we uh, let's uh, recut the stair dancing yeah. scene? Yeah. Streets were raining or something. Oh, yeah. I don't know. That song too. Uh, but yeah. I, I, um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, Holy fuck. Hang out with this album for an hour and get moody with it. It's. I think it's, it, I was going to say, we're talking about a lot of movies it reminds us of or like, you know, other musicians. It reminds me of like a Derek Sion France movie. Like, oh, that's pretty it interesting. It is very, it, ooh, yeah. it is deeply yeah. emotional but also superhuman and like yes. there's a lot of. And it's like so, it's so connected to uh, setting and nature. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. In a way that's very uh, exciting and cool. I it's think. rustic. Yeah. It's industrial, but it's also very sweet at times. Yeah, that's what I think is like. That's why I think it like half. Like I traveled through North Carolina and the Appalachians when I was mm. in like seventh grade. But that's the impression that I have of that place. These guys are from North Carolina. There yeah, you go. So hey, they're so they've captured the essence of North Carolina. Pretty decent. Pretty yeah. decent. That's good. I'm Pretty glad decently. you guys think so. Yeah. Awesome. So you got to know his choice. Yeah. So I don't uh, recommend that album. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, you hate this one. <laughs> yeah, this is not good. It's crazy that you would say that. Yeah. Um, Get going. So this is uh, this was an uh, this was a movie that I only would have done on the podcast if we could get Rocky on because he is like. One fourth of the reason why I watched this movie in the first place. Oh, yeah, I didn't realize that. Just because it will. So this movie is Buffalo sixty six. That's the movie we're talking about today. Uh, uh, who's on first? Vincent Gallo. Who's on second? <laughs> Vincent Gallo. Who's on third? Who's on fucking outfield? Vincent <laughs> fucking Gallo. So this movie is a movie that I had just heard of for ever. Mm-hmm. It's a movie that I was just like, "What is this? 
I always see the you know the scary ass poster of him <laughs> of him looking just dead. Yeah, you know, holding Christina Ricci. Holding Christina Ricci. Clearly, she's uncomfortable in the poster. Yeah, of course. We'll yeah. Get into why later. <laughs> yeah. Um, but. I had always known about this movie. I didn't really understand what the title meant. Sure. It just the whole thing was mysterious. It's kind of one of those that you like happen to see when you're walking down like Hollywood Video or Blockbuster yeah. or yeah, something yeah, yeah, back yeah. when that was a thing that you could do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just remember being like, yeah, maybe one day I'll watch that. I sure. don't know what the fuck that movie is at all, but maybe one day I will watch that. Yeah. And then I remember getting letterboxed mm-hmm. at, at one point, which... Yeah. As you can shit on Letterboxd all you want, it's really an imperfect place. It's yeah. a scary place, but it has exposed me to a lot of things I probably wouldn't have watched otherwise. Absolutely. That's what I love about it. I love I, Letterboxd is my favorite social media community yeah. uh, also, and I just, where else can you go on and just kind of see what anybody you want to know? Like, right now, I just opened up Letterboxd. I got Queen of Hearts, The Rocky Horror Picture Show, La La Land, The Mummy, Parasite, and uh, something else. But yeah, that's, I like Letterboxd. So. Yeah, I, I, I get you. It's, uh... It is scary. It is, it's scary, degree. and yeah. that's what I think the community can be oh my a certain way sometimes. Yeah. It that's definitely what the scary can. part I mean, is. That's what the thing is. It's like like people can be just like so fucking like just anywhere, Facebook, Twitter, or whatever. People can yeah. be so fucking <laughs> insane <laughs> and insane too, and they're just like doing shit for attention. I'm just like, come on, mm-hmm. just like come on. Uh, but so I saw. But so, so anyway, so, so I'm on Letterboxd. I'm getting Letterboxd, and at one point, you know, follow Rocky or whatever, and or whatever. It was not yeah. a big deal when Thank I followed you. you. Yeah. It was just normal for me. Like <laughs> this fucking guy, whatever. I guess. <laughs> and so I see that you like had watched the movie, and I was like, oh shit! I kind of that movie's kind of in my psyche a little bit. Yeah. Like, I remember seeing that. Oh, let's see what other people have to say about this movie. Oh shit! People really like this movie. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. maybe I'll give it a watch. And so every for like the first like couple summers that I would go home mm-hmm. uh, after school, I would I went home for usually like a week or so at the beginning of every summer. And there were these places called Everyday Music where I'm from. And if you're from the Portland, Oregon area, you've probably been to an Everyday Music at one point in your life. But they had used DVDs there as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And these DVDs, some of them, you know, if they were rarer, they were a little more expensive. But usually they range from anywhere from like two bucks to like twelve Ooh, bucks at most. Dream. Yeah. So it was incredible. Yeah. So I would go and literally just. <laughs> move yeah, shelves, in the shelf, yeah, yeah, yeah uh, and clean them out. And there would be one in Beaverton, where I'm from. There were many in Portland, and I would drive into Portland for the sh- like the sheer excuse just to go to an everyday music. Yeah, are those still open? The one in Beaverton is not. Okay. The one in Portland, the big one, uh, in like like the Northwest Portland. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's, it's like amoeba esque, maybe amoeba esque. It's okay, like a cool. mini amoeba, exactly. Like it's probably like way more decently priced than amoeba too. Way more Best. decently yeah. priced, yeah, 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 one hundred percent. And so I would go there, and I saw the classic, the old DVD that is gray on the mm-hmm. outside with the orange backdrop of them just sitting in that photo. What you realize is a yeah. photo booth yeah, later yeah, in the yeah. movie. I was like. Okay, it's like eight bucks. Here we go. Yeah. Boom. Took it home. Watched it that day and was a fucking wreck. Yeah. I, that's, that's it, man. Yeah. I was a fucking wreck. I did not realize that this movie... I thought it was going to be like an indie comedy, to right. be honest with it you. kind of is, I guess. And it, I guess it is. It's <laughs> only a perspective, yeah. yeah. And it is just tough. Yeah. It's a tough movie, yeah. but if you are able to sit through it, yeah. one of the most rewarding movie experiences I've ever had. I, it's a I genuine totally roller coaster. Agree. Yeah. yeah. I ge- uh, Rocky, do you want to go with your history on this or do you, what's your uh, history on this movie? Oh, yeah. I love how I discovered this movie. My friends uh, in high <laughs> school, go, yeah, my friends I would make movies with, or try to at least, um, one of them had a, like, had an older brother whose best friend was a huge cinephile. He got yeah. us into a bunch of my favorite movies like now. Um, I Heart Huckabees was one of them. I'm going to force you guys to talk about it eventually. That's scary for uh, me. It's very scary. If we talk about I Heart Huckabees, we have to talk about it in the loop then. Yeah, of course. Why wouldn't we? Yeah, Wait, of course. Why? 
Yeah. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll watch Into there's the a, there's and a, you'll see. It's, there's it a very be good. The hardest I've ever laughed in a yeah. movie was when that set off and payoff. Yeah, that it's a really funny yeah, reference yeah. to Iron Huckabees. But yeah, at one point, um, okay. Buffalo sixty six <laughs> was brought up. Uh, Buffalo sixty six was brought up, and um, uh, the. The, my friend's older brother's best friend would call me a fucking goon, and I was I always oh. thought that was kind of like weird and funny. And he was like, "It's from a movie. Um, this is character by Kevin Corrigan, yeah. uh, who Which is." I was so happy when he showed up. Yeah, right. I was not. I had. I was not expecting him to show up. An uncredited appearance. Yeah, yes. exactly. <laughs> That's yeah. a favorite of old, old Vince. Beautiful yeah. character surprise. Yeah. Um. And he there's a there's a scene in the movie where a character named goon i guess for lack of a better name um he wants to call himself or rocky. rocky exactly yeah. he decides i'm rocky now and um everyone me and my friends would always quote the line that vincent gallo says back to him so we watched it for the first time on netflix at like midnight and i was falling in and out of sleep oh wow so i'd open my eyes and um uh the guy from uh the cast of eddie's movie ben uh, yeah, ben ben Zara, yeah would be Ugh. singing in front of a, be- a red backdrop and he'd be like, oh my god oh, I, I can't wait to talk about that yeah I can't and, wait to talk and about then that. i fall asleep again then i wake up and he's bowling and then I fall asleep again and I wake up and he's at a strip club and I'm like this movie has is all over the place I eventually watched it by myself and I was just like I was walking around standing up watching it I was like I was just like it's like I was like engaging with a piece of art and I was just like pacing back and forth in front of the TV like what is gonna happen next that's that's what's great about this movie I think is that it's like basically it's just such a projection of Vincent Gallo's subconscious Mm -hmm. and uh, you're either like locked in I guess you you kind of you're locked in on how just I think you're locked in either way. It's I, a, no matter what. Yeah. yeah, like it's 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 definitely a tough movie. So I came. I first heard of this probably uh, when I read Roger Ebert's review of the Brown Bunny. Sure. <laughs> so uh, are you yeah. familiar with the Very Brown Bunny familiar. saga? Yeah. What, yeah. what a feud! And then <laughs> they should make an FX feud series. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God! Ebert at Ebert and Ebert, Ebert v Gallo. Gallo. Yeah. And Gallo plays Ebert. Yes. 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 We're yeah. pitching that. We're yeah. going to FX and pitching that right now. Land down. Please. Land grab. Land grab. Come land we got the next uh, Ryan, uh, and then I remember. <laughs> Just a bit, okay, yeah. And then uh, you know, I was going through my life, and uh, last week with Alan, we talked. Um, the nostalgia critic came up, and Channel oh, Awesome came up, yeah. and I don't know if you guys watched. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very. Oh, that no. was a very deep sigh when that guy came up. <laughs> but I don't know if you. I would watch. I. Every everybody on that site that I followed, I still follow like on YouTube, like Lindsay Ellis, sure. John in the Shadows, and uh, Kyle Colgren, who's Brown Hells High. Brown's mm. Brown's held high, and he was like the art house kind of critic. Yeah, he was. And he covered Buffalo '66, and mm-hmm. I rewatched his review, and it seemed like just kind of snarky because it seemed like he was trying to ape Doug's style instead of actually mm-hmm. looking at the work. But that was another thing. So I'm like, okay, Vincent Gallo, Vincent Gallo. Uh, third time this came into my life, I'm after the girl on Tinder. <laughs> That's and crazy. I was that's, doing, that's pretty. It's crazy that I didn't match with a girl on Tinder. Uh, <laughs> that's, <fucking crazy. laughs> that's what's crazy. Um, and I, we were having like the starting conversation. I was like, "Oh, what's your favorite movie?" Because uh, I think I was still working in the production company or something. I was like, "Oh, what's your favorite movie?" And she said, "Buffalo '66." That's asked, fascinating. Yeah, that is fascinating. Yeah. Now I'm looking back on that person and I'm like. She would have probably been cool. You know what I'm saying? Totally. Not I, that she would be, you know, a cool girl, but I'm like, I want to know what she got from this movie. Yeah. And I like probably yeah. deleted that archive, so I'll never know. It's no <laughs> big deal. Uh, and then this came into my life when Noah was like, what? it's one of my favorite movies. Let's do it for the pod. And so I sat down and rented it on. I rented it. And uh, yeah, I'm with Noah, man. Like I was way with it. And then as soon as it ended and I got up and I was out of the movie and I sat down, I was going to write my letterbox review. I was just like. 
Yeah. yeah. Like, I was, yeah. Just, I was just felt like the tears forming. Yeah. That's just... It's it's funny because, like, bringing up another movie we talked about, uh, like, a minute ago, it, it's kind of like a polar opposite tonally of Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, McCabe and Miss Miller's ending. As yes. far as, like, how... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Triumphant, it is, yeah. and also is. there's yeah. like there's I guess an ironic uh, sense to it, maybe where it's like you know is this actually what happened or something sure. like that for some people. But I think the joy yeah, yeah. that he instills the movie with at the end. Is, I don't read it that way. I read it. I as don't a either. Very yeah, exactly. No, yeah, yeah. I definitely read it as the ending is the ending. Yeah. and I mean this whole thing is this whole thing is so like just psychologically intense in a way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not like. You know, we watched Right Now, Wrong Then, and that's just, I'm going to set up a camera and have two people talk. Oh, it's so cool. That's what I'm getting. God damn it, it's so I cool. I <laughs> love it. Yeah. I love Hong Sang Soo, but this this is so, um, I love the way he uses light and kind of texture and, and film and color yeah. in this. Uh, let's get to the Ben Gazzara scene. Before we get to the Ben Gazzara scene, just on the light and color and everything. Yeah. So yeah. he shot this movie on double reversal film. Which is a film stock, especially. So I can't even imagine what this is like now. Yeah. But at the time, it was even a rarer film stock right. than like thirty-five millimeter, and they didn't even know if they could get the film developed. So they're shooting a movie, a feature film yeah. Yeah. that will be in theaters with movie stars in it. With movie stars, which we will also talk about later. Yeah. But. He doesn't even know if he can get this film developed. Yeah. yeah. And thank God, and there's like one place, and they're shooting in Buffalo, New York, which isn't a fucking production hub. No, 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 no. It looks very quiet. This is, the does. thing about this is you can definitely tell that he called in a lot of favors. Because Vincent Gallo is like a, a, a model, I think. He's, He's a like, model, actor, actor rapper. Painter, yeah. Painter, friends with Basquiat. Yeah, kind exactly. of a journeyman, and you kind of get the sense that he was like, guys, I gotta make this movie. Can you give me a hand? Can you come in for it one was, day? Yeah, I've heard that he was writing this movie as a valet driver, and he would pitch it over and over again to people and every time wow. he pitched it he would add more things to it and okay. kind of like what a crazy yeah. psychopath a little bit yeah <laughs> I mean it's, it's super Hollywood but if you just imagine him doing that kind of like in the movie you're like this guy's really creepy but also very entertaining to a certain degree yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the any model so the shoot on double reversal which is very hard uh, apparently in post to actually do a lot of color grading. Oh, yeah. And so they're, so they're getting, they're developing this. So a lot of the look has to be set in camera, yeah. which is why they shot on double reversal in the same place. Because do you know what his main uh, visual reference for this film is? Uh, gray Skies. <laughs> Grace, gray Skies! <laughs> no. Milky, uh, I don't want to say Milky Bathwater. That'd be an insult. <laughs> that's bit, that's yeah. what the Marvel movies look like. That's uh, not what this uh, looks uh, like. Uh, <laughs> fucking 1960s NFL films with Steve Sable. Oh, which makes brilliant. so much sense. Brilliant, well, yeah. that's like, there it is. And it's like, that's what I, that's one of the things, I would love to talk about The Aviator in this podcast. Ooh. That's one of the things I love about The Aviator is how distinct in each section the visual language is. Sure. How, and how that like reflects. Yeah, and like how that reflects "quote unquote" color processing mm-hmm. at the contemporaneous times. Yep. Like you're kind of see, you're, it's your, cool your, because your greens are as the greens were shown in the 1950s. Exactly, so you, it gets you into this space where you are interacting with something as an audience member would at that time. Yeah, and what's great about this is like I'm from droll gray suburbia, <laughs> yeah. and this was just like yeah. This looks like home, man. Yeah. Like this is, I under, I recognize this winter. In Chain fall. link fences. Yeah. And like I recognize puddles on the ground. Houses yeah. with flags on them yeah, and stuff. Yeah. Wet grass. Yeah. Oh, like shot at his fucking old parents' house. You know that house. <laughs> Who the that, fucking thought? Yeah. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. yeah. You know he he you know and the, the, I think the most upsetting and yet beautiful thing about this movie is we wouldn't have this movie 
if it wasn't for him yeah, as yeah. a man. Yeah. And that's the most yeah. upsetting part. It's a Kaufman-esque, like, inward look at one's own history. It's itself. very Kaufman-esque. Yeah. yeah. And, like, yeah, it's, yeah. I would say it's... Yeah, uh, don't don't double feature this with Synecdoche, New York. No, like, you're like, going to want to die. You yeah. will die. Yeah. <laughs> Which, another favorite, but watch them about a month apart. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, yeah. I watched Synecdoche for the New York for the first time, like, maybe two months ago, and yeah. I was glad I had that time to breathe. Yeah, <laughs> sure, yeah. But, I, yeah, I think it's, like... You're almost glad this dude had an ego trip yeah, to make this yeah. movie because in the long run, I think he digs into things that everybody can well, relate to. Well, that's what I think is so yeah. interesting. It's like I'm watching this movie, and in the beginning when he's ripping Christina Ricci out of the... Yeah. Uh, I have my notebook, and I wrote in my I wrote in my notes... Uh, here comes Mason's note. Here comes Mason. <laughs> I wrote in my notes, texture! Uh, <laughs> oh, wait, no, these are my stalker notes, but it still applies. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, you're you're I a freak. Wrote, <laughs> I, I am a freak. I wrote in my notebook... Um, <laughs> Uh, oh, this is like if Ethan Hawke in Before Sunrise was an emotionally stunted malignant narcissist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or <laughs> just like, in the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> even like, even simpler, if he was still five years old psychologically. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. It is like, that's the thing is it's like, it's Vincent Gallo, I think, recognizes himself as like a grown ass man realizing he's been acting like a child for yeah. five years. Mm-hmm. Or like, like, not like for five years, but he's been acting like a child, um, like, stuck in this five-year-old body, like, this sad five-year-old. Yeah, it's, like, a deeply self-aware man-child comedy, yeah. which is... And the thing that I like yeah. about the structure of this is that it's in the big... That's in the front of the movie. Yeah, he, he, he lays like, it out. And, yeah. yeah, it's not like in fucking Joker where, uh... <laughs> Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking kidding me, dude? We're not gonna do this right now. No, well, no, 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 no. no. Vincent Gallo Joker. It's for illustration. It's for an illustrative purpose. It's, like, people, yeah. like... All right, everyone, oh, put this, your guns on the table. This is, sure. this is this is this is the point that I want to make with this. Is yeah. like the reason why Joker is a bad movie is because <laughs> of a yes, lot of I'm things. Yes, I'm there. A lot of things, um, but and like the thing that's Joker, the suit, the makeup, or yeah. whatever. That's the Joker. That's whatever. The core of it, the Joaquin Phoenix character, and the way the story supplements his development is just so lazy. Yes, hundred yeah. yeah. percent. It, it's just like it's bad. You're just like up. you're like why am I, why is like why is this guy miserable for an hour? And then it's mm-hmm. the most like like derivative derivative nonsense where this it's like why is it like oh this guy's a fucking asshole and then you see why he's a monster yeah. and that is the most that's the that's the reason the movie works yeah and exactly it's, it's, and it's his performance too and the fact that I mean there's a million and there's a million and one reasons why the movie as a whole works but I yeah. think if you want to boil it down it's the fact that the way that they decided to structure the, yeah. the, the action I, yeah it's almost like a like a Faustian bargain where like you yeah. are in Christina Ricci's shoes and he apologizes to you for being such an asshole. He gives you the entire, like his whole situation. And then it's like up to you as an audience member, like, can you sympathize with this man, even though he's going to tear you around and, and degrade you and berate you yeah. for like the entire film. And then like, you like just really chip away at him every single And I beat. love it that she's not just that. Yeah. Her presence, yeah, her presence in this she movie is... She doesn't say a lot, but her presence is so important. So it's... It, a lot of people read it as, like, angelic, and that's why there's, like, a little bit... Like, when she it does can, the dance at the bowling is, alley... It definitely is coded and dressed like that. Yeah, but I think it still is, like... I Even as, like, a, a piece of cinema, like, the grace you can have as a storyteller to lift up your audience slash your protagonist and kind of forgive them. You yeah, know? Like yeah. To, to, it's very powerful. It is. I, I mean, like, even if it is, like, you know, like, that's not grounded, that's not how a real person would act in that kind of situation, it doesn't really know. matter. It doesn't matter. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. really matter. I mean, like, yeah. the thing is that, like, I think that, like, the thing with Christina Ricci's character is that she just keeps trying to be compassionate until it eventually breaks through. It's, it's almost like a reverse Stockholm Syndrome, where it's like, yeah, the only yeah, way yeah. I can save myself in this technical kidnapping situation yeah. is for me to actually dig into this guy and be like, hey, 
Calm down. And yeah, calm down. Here's the yeah, calm yeah. down. Calm down. Yeah. I, I'm watching it the second time. I actually watched the movie with friend of the podcast, Dustin. Dustin! Oh, Dustin and I watched the movie. Great together. episode with Dustin. Great. We love that. We, we love, love Dustin. That boy. Um, but I watched it with him. He had never seen it before. I don't even think he really wanted to watch the movie, but like, <laughs> we were watching it anyway. And the, mo- the, the actually one of the like most inc- like inc- like best like reasons why I think the Christina Ricci character works is during the phone call mm-hmm. that he's having in the dance studio yeah. with his mom. You just get one shot of her actually listening to it, yeah. and that is the reason why I think her presence in the movie works. Yeah. Is because that moment she's she understands what he's about. She goes along, quote unquote, with this kidnapping. But then when they're in the car about to go into the Brown household. She has every opportunity to escape. Totally, yeah. yeah. And she doesn't because a she's interested in this person, yeah. and b she loves this person. She was like su- like such abuse from like his his dad too. Yeah, yes. Like that's what I love is that like through her it's revealed how much of a scumbag this dad was. This yeah, guy, this guy he basically is. motorboats her at one point. He yeah, straight yeah. up does. Yeah. Literally, yeah. Holy uh, shit, Bankazar in this one, movie. <laughs> one 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 has the impression that that was a. Uh, rigorously discussed between all parties involved. <laughs> one hopes. Yeah, one, one wishes. One would hope, yeah. Well, just based on what we know about the production of this film, Christina Ricci hated Vincent Gallo. Yeah. Oh, Angelica boy. Houston didn't like working with Vincent Gallo. Sure. And they sure, actually yeah. had another cinematographer that quit because of the movie. And then they called in Lance Accord. And they called in Lance Accord, Spike which is a cinematographer. fucking crazy that yeah. that's the backup, you know, yeah, so right? the yeah. backup quarterback. It worked out well, because when was Being John Malkovich? Like, they, they probably shot Being John Malkovich, like, months later, yeah. because it was 98. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. crazy. And so, I mean, you, I mean, I think the, I think the guy who was going to shoot it, I think, is Dick Pope, who, like, works with Mike wow. E all the time. Dick Poop. <laughs> yeah, Dick Poop. Dick Poop, my yeah. favorite guy. Uh, <laughs> my favorite guy. He's going to be on the podcast. <laughs> but, like, it's just crazy that, like, he had all this talent working around him and he's a complete piece of shit yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's insane that's should, the thing though yeah. that's what's that's what's interesting is it's like it is kind of an, an interesting that like this piece of shit like just had the presence it's it's like and he kind of this is the thing that I think is interesting after Buffalo 66 is he goes to do the brown bunny and mm-hmm. by all accounts it's not great and it's still kind of navel gazy even though my impression of it is not from first hand of things just about from like kind of snarky dudes talking yeah. about it uh, but the thing that everyone remembers from that movie is uh, Chloe Sevigny, the yeah. real fellatio, the real fellatio yeah. scene. And uh, one of the first thing that happens in this movie is some guy is like, "Oh, damn, Vincent Gallo, you got a big dick." Yeah, so that's apparently part of the uh, the Kanye esque character that yeah. he was building up at the time. You should everyone should look at Vincent Gallo's website as soon. Pause this episode right now. Sorry, <laughs> I was gonna say after the episode, no, but pause it right now. Go to Vincent Gallo's website okay. because it is chock full of this weird kind of VincentGallo.com. Yeah, I think so. It's like a are you sure kind of fan? It's a Periwinkle Blue page or something like that. Oh, because right? I'm looking at. VincentGallo.com right now, and I've seen Black and Gold. That might be it. Go look for the merch uh, section of it. Oh, yikes. Because you can buy for a million dollars two things. A date with Vincent Gallo, or and also Vincent Gallo's sperm. And he has to check with you uh, what kind of person you are, specific <sighs> backgrounds. What? Yeah. And, yeah. No, it's, okay, it's the literally... The page is the merchandise yes, page. Yes, thank you. Wow. Okay, Vig- personal services. Vincent Gallo <sighs> evenings, weekends, escort, $50,000. Yeah. Wow. This is like, there's like a, he, there's like a whole manifesto under yeah, here. Totally. But you know what I mean by when I bring up Kanye, where it's yes. kind of like this guy is a flagrant asshole. Yeah. Where he's like, you can kind of see it as like a funny Kaufman esque bit. Sure. And then also you see him berate everybody and you hear stories like, oh, this yeah. guy's just a true asshole. Yeah. This yeah. guy is as bad as it gets. But like <laughs> Kanye, he's able to you know truthfully dig into why he's like that occasionally and build something that everyone can understand and empathize with because it is slightly universal. And it's interesting you bring up Kanye because as we're recording this, Jesus is. 
Justice King just yes, came just out. Came yeah, out. and yeah, what yeah. I think is what I think really separates. If you want to compare the Wait, two, they both became conservatives. Also, holy shit, <laughs> <laughs> fuck. Yeah. Oh god damn it. Go ahead. But so what I think uh, separates uh, Kanye and Gallo as far as their narcissism goes. Yeah. Is that I truly believe. Not maybe not the only person that Kanye affects is himself, but certainly he is the biggest brunt of everything sure. that affects mm. him. Whereas Gallo really affects other people with yeah. how narcissistic yeah. an asshole he can yeah. be. Yeah. Kanye really, uh, when you get down to it, really is only affecting himself. Yeah. And it's just mm. like, oh, look at that tool. It's a psychological torment going on, especially because he is the studio in his head. Like, 100%. You know, yeah. Whereas Gallo, it's like, no, he was an asshole to Christina Ricci. Yeah. There's accounts of it from her. Angelica Houston said it was a nightmare. Exactly. Lance Accord said it was a nightmare. Yeah. You know, which is just really too bad. But it's the reason why we have this movie. Yeah. And it's also the reason why he pretty much didn't really do a whole lot else directing wise. He yeah. made he made two movies. He made a third, but we'll never see it. Pulled it from festivals and from circulation because he didn't want the evil energy of critics around it. So literally, only there about twenty about twenty people have seen it. One of them, Mike D'Angelo, who claims it's a masterpiece, but also Mike D'Angelo can be kind of weird sometimes. Mike sure. D'Angelo is very weird yeah. sometimes. Sure. But uh, it's I mean we're it's a weird discussion to have because we're talking about like canceled artists and whatnot these a little days. Bit, yeah. Too. yeah, like is it worth it to watch their art? I mean, I would say if you want this movie you know I love it very much I think you should watch it um, I'm giving a preemptive recommendation obviously there you go um, it is one of my favorite movies but yeah if you have conflicts about Vincent Gallo which maybe you should I don't know he seems like an asshole yep um, watch, I, yeah, watch it without supporting that's him that's the thing is it's like if you think that you would be able to not necessarily like but empathize with this guy yeah that's you You should watch it but I'm not gonna like I'm, you should know you gotta really sit through some bleak heavy yeah. Scary shit. But, like, it's also, it's just, a, like, he is but it's, so it's, unfortunately a good filmmaker. It's, it's so, it, <laughs> yeah. it's, 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 what's interesting to me is that he conjured all this stuff up from himself and made it and projected it and got from it, like, oh, I'm God. Yeah, exactly, yeah. You he, know, like, yeah. that's. <laughs> it's, a, it's a bad case of what happens when you become a, like, you know, cult of personality, basically. Yeah, like, sure. out of this Sundance hit, he became, like, a pundit for himself, basically. Yeah. And he would, like, kind of, like, rail on every filmmaker in the game right now. There, there is an yeah. article where it's just, like, here's 33 things Vincent Gallo said about other filmmakers, and it's all him, like, insulting Spike Jones, Francis Ford Coppola, uh, Scorsese. Sophie, Scorsese, Sophia Coppola, Quentin Tarantino, like, uh, Spike Lee, I think. There's mm. a there's a weird-ass audio clip that it's just, I think if you just type in Vincent Gallo shitting on people, yeah. or yeah. something like that in YouTube, it's, oh, like, sure. an hour long thing yeah. and like let's be a hundred let's just be let's just take the gloves off for a second sure yeah he clearly likes John Cassavetes obviously oh definitely yeah. obviously yeah. Loves John I saw this before I saw any Cassavetes but after coming back to it I'm like oh it's obvious he I obviously see. loves John Cassavetes yeah. And you know what he said when he was asked about his inspiration from John Cassavetes? What did he say? I fucking hate John Cassavetes. <laughs> what the fuck, dude? Come yeah. on. You well, know how many other people are influenced by John Cassavetes, my guy? Like, so, so many. many. So, no shame. So many of my favorites. No it's, shame. It's funny because I think recently he's he took back some words he said on Quentin Tarantino. Okay. Not that that, like, makes him a better person or anything like that. But it is interesting to, like, look at all the things that he was doing back then and see it as a weird way of living a front, you know, yeah. it's like, I'm kind of living a bit right now and that's not worth it because you're being like a true detestable human being sometimes. Sure. Yeah. And it's hard. And when it gets to that point, it's hard to know where the bit starts and stops. Yeah. It's like, when is this actually a joke? Like, yeah. It could be funny for, you know, when you're at a bowling alley and like trying to give this very bad description of like what love is like or whatever. But then if you're like, you know, truly hurting people in the process, it's like, wow, you're just a piece of work, man. Yes. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Let's, can we get, 
back to talking about the movie itself. Yes, yes, yes. yes sure, sure, I can sure. use the restroom real quick. I'm sorry. Okay, uh, no, do you want to talk about the talking about the movie itself? No, let's just let's pause. Let's pause. We're gonna hit pause on this. That's what that's what Good my LinkedIn luck, says. Buddy. That's what my LinkedIn says. Get back. So Rocky's back from the bathroom. It's us. Uh, it's Big Bird. On a laptop? Google Maps has used your location 71 times. Keep getting those fucking notifications. Over the past three days. Yeah. I like that Apple is starting to narc on itself, honestly. (laughs) So Rocky's back. Thank you, Rocky, for coming back. You didn't have to, but you did. Yeah, I was like, that was such a good piss. Maybe I could just leave. (laughs) Maybe we're done after. Maybe I got everything I needed out of this. Wow. Um, No, but we're going to talk about a very beautiful movie that makes me cry. (laughs) Yes. For me, so this is actually, speaking of making me cry, this is in a category for me where I don't cry, but I wish I did. Interesting. That's the category for me. Same as Paris, Texas. Not even like after or. No. Oh, man. Okay. It's the same way I feel about Paris, Texas. Where I don't cry during Paris, Texas. I have movies like that that too. I have movies like that as well. Yeah, Yeah. Where I'm like, I know this is deeply affecting but right now like probably on your like like your next couple of viewings if you ever return to it yeah. it might actually break you because sure. you have that context of your head like that thing made me so emotional thinking about it sure. but the first time you watch it like or even like a couple times you're just like yeah that is very very emotional and deeply affecting Yeah, but I'm not doing it but sure. this one is for me something that breaks me down the tearjerker yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. literally when he is getting hot chocolate yep that is a beautiful moment it does not get better than that, folks. It does not <laughs> get better. Movies do not get better than a an abrasive man getting hot chocolate for him and his girlfriend. When he's getting hot chocolate. What about these heart cookies? Yeah. How many of these heart cookies? You want? You got a girlfriend, dude? That that donut shop owner is maybe one of the best performers I've, yes. I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, he's incredible. Is yeah. it hot? It's hot. hot. <laughs> it's hot. I don't know. Somebody uh, romantic. <laughs> anyway. Buffalo 66. He is, uh, yeah, I think that, you know, we could talk about so many different things mm-hmm. about the movie, but what about the use of music in this film? It's incredible. Love it's it. incredible. Yeah. Love it. He really also incredible. wrote and <laughs> produced and composed all the original score, but, like, I don't care about that. You care about Yes, and you care about his dad. Yes, yeah. 100%. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Vincent Gallo Sr., is the, he's the one singing Fool's Rush In. Yeah, crooning, yeah. And uh, the use of Yes in the film, yeah. the two Yes songs, <laughs> Heart of the Sunrise and Sweetness. Oh, my God. Using uh. Sweetness over the credits, that's, yeah. fu- I mean, that, that, I, to me, that's 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 fucking it's incredible. It's a home run, all bases loaded, fucking grand slam. <laughs> who's yeah. on yeah. first, who's, who's on, on second, second, who's on Vincent third. Gallo. Vincent fucking Gallo <laughs> using Yes yeah. in the movie. Yeah, and Heart of the Sunrise, that sequence is virtual. I mean, like, 100%. That, that effect has been used in later movies. I think one of the more popular ones is The Other Guys when they're in the bar. Yes. And I think it's really done well done there, but, like, this is, like, a, a crescendo and a swell of slow motion and just, like, tension and just, like, the, the lights around him, the lights on the strippers where it's, like, red, blue, white, that kind of thing. And mm. Scott Wood. Scott Wood sitting there just staring down the camera with, like, a Kubrick smile, just like... So that is that, so that moment that they're describing about the missed kick, yeah. that's a real moment. I didn't realize that. That's a real moment. So in yeah. the, I, one of those Super Bowls, the bowl, the Bills went to four straight Super Bowls and they lost wow. all of them <laughs> in the 90s. They lost all of them. Jeez. And one of the times, I mean, obviously when you miss a kick that doesn't win you the game, a lot yeah. of people will say that's the reason you didn't win the game. Yeah. That's usually never the reason you didn't win the game. There's a lot of other things. Yeah, that it's a lot of factors. The fa- yeah, a lot yeah, of factors. Yeah, yeah. But so his name was Scott. Wow, interesting you picked up on that. It's interesting you picked up on that, Vincent Gallo. <laughs> 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 Okay. 
I'm sorry. But so in the so no, I'm celebrating you. You're great. Keep going. <laughs> but so his name is Scott Norwood. Is the name of the uh, kicker in real life, okay. and he declined to use his likeness in the film, <laughs> so they changed it to Scott Wood. The Bills actually didn't win had championship until 65 but for whatever reason wow. they changed it to 66 maybe because uh-huh. it sounds a little bit better I think he was born also in the movie oh yeah in the yes. in the opening uh, with his dog bingo or yes, whatever bingo. Yeah, might say, i think it says born 1966 and that's crazy that the movie doesn't open on black it doesn't open no. on t- uh, uh, studios yeah. it opens on like a fucking id card like almost. an info card yes. yeah which is it's so artsy it is like very french and it's very like you know out of the norm. And 100%. like and also you hear Vincent Gallo crooning, like just like his yes. own little song about being a lonely little boy. Lonely yeah. boy. Which is kind of the point, like the 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 end goal of the movie's psychological journey, basically, which is realizing that and yeah. then like kind of accepting growing old and stuff like that. Because he finally has to accept love. Yeah. You know, for what it is. For what it is, yeah. Like I do enjoy like that game in the middle point of the movie is almost like how much affection can I show this man who clearly hates himself yeah. so, 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 so much? Because yeah. he knows how detestable he is. He knows why he's detestable. Yeah. And I think it is such a rigorous psychological journey that is kind of unmatched in a lot of ways. A lot of yeah. ways, yeah. 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 It's so singular. It's so it is singular. singular. Yeah. It is singular. That's what, I, that's what I really love about doing this podcast is trying to find art that feels singular. Yeah. I don't know mm-hmm. if this movie that I'm about to say would fit. I've talked to Mason about it a little bit, but Punch Drunk Love totally. on yeah. this podcast. Yeah, that's, the about, that's the thing about Paul Thomas Anderson is every single one of those movies yeah. is singular to him and singular of themselves. Yeah, 100%. so unimitatable. I remember yeah. last year I was thinking when I saw Sorry to Bother You, there's one shot that I'm like, this is the first thing I've seen that actually kind of gets close to, to like imitating or making me feel like I'm watching a Paul Thomas Anderson movie. Really? Yeah. Which Not part? by him. It's when he is in the hallways of the mansion looking for a bathroom, I think. Oh, sure. Oh, and, the green? <laughs> yeah, it just it feels like Inherent Vice or it feels like um, it's Boogie Nights. It's very Yeah, exactly. I, I, yeah. Speaking of, I just watched the pilot for Lodge 49. Hey, do you like it? It's really good. It's really interesting, right? It's really interesting. Yeah, it's a very that's on another show that makes your heart kind of break. Yeah, or like or yeah. Under the Silver Lake is yes. kind of another thing that's similar <laughs> Super to Super Pension, yeah. yeah. I guess you guys should talk about that movie on the podcast. I would like to, honestly. Yeah. Like we can get to the end it? of the year time. I have seen it. Yeah. If we get to the end of the year time, we I'd like to bring that I'd like to talk about that. Because I just keep like I was coming back to Chicago and I was gonna put on a movie. I put on I ended up putting on Brooklyn. Oh nice. Oh I love that movie. Okay. It's a sweet movie, yeah. Brooklyn. Where's Emery Cohen? Where is Emery Cohen? Where's Emery Cohen? Emery, come back! Where are you, where are you dude? Emery, where are you, Emery? Uh, You're the best part of every movie about, you've been in so far. I thought about putting on uh, Under the Silver Lake, and I was I was in it for the first two minutes. I'm like, I can't wait to go on this journey. Yeah. And then when the uh, the girl, when Ricky Lindholm shows up, yeah. I'm like. Oh, I remember what the rest of this movie is. It's just a bunch of a bunch of boobs everywhere. So I'm gonna not watch this on, <laughs> on a plane. plane. Yeah, that's true, yeah. yeah, that's a good call. Just an asshole beating up kids and having sex and yeah. wondering why am I so miserable. <laughs> what's uh, What's also uh, I love about this movie, at least personally, is yeah. that it kind of takes place in nowhere. Not kind of. It takes place in like nowhere America. Yeah, yeah which is yeah, like yeah. it kind of sparked whether I realized it or not my love of like. Breadbasket, Midwest, very like, kitchen sink, very like Americana, but also like places in America that like you would just never know yeah. about that are small towns. Dude, that Denny's, Denny's that, is that Denny's is such a snapshot. Just like the people who are running it, the yeah. woman who's limping as he's giving them like a seat and everything like yeah. that is like that is. So America, yeah, the bowling alley too. Like it is Americana to the a the fucking movie. house with all the bills, yes. stuff dicked out, yeah, dick, yeah, yeah, dicked yeah. out, <laughs> dicked out, decked out, dick poop, dick poop, <laughs> dick poop. My best friend. Um, but uh, I don't know why he's my best friend. I just love him so much. I want to give him a big kiss. Um, but like I don't know, dude. This movie's just got everything. 
Actually. I know. Yeah, it's really hard. Yeah, I, I, I uh, it is like my second favorite movie to Punch Drunk Love. Sure. Funny enough. Um, and I think they do both, like, a lot of people compare uh, Christina Ricci's character to Emily Watson's character sure. as far as, like, supernatural, borderline supernatural forces of love in the lives of people who uh, need it the most, yeah, you know? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Buffalo 66 is... We got anything just, else Yeah, where else, where else can we no, go? No, I mean, I, I, I loved this movie. I'm so happy it came into my... <laughs> it yeah. came onto the pod. Uh, I'm so glad. Fucking great, man. Yeah, I mean, it's probably one that I'm going to be coming back to a lot in my life at mm-hmm. this point, you know? Kind of like a punch drunk love, uh, just because it just feels to me like it's like I gotta understand this Vincent Gallo guy. Yeah, <laughs> sure. yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, and maybe that means I just gotta sit down, watch the Brown Bunny, and really just. I do too. I haven't seen it. Yeah, I mean, and that's, uh, I love Chloe Sevigny so much. I just I don't want to see her. I don't want to see her get hurt. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of unfortunate, but she's also like badass and owning herself. Oh yeah, I was yeah, just gonna yeah, say yeah. she fucking works with Harmony Korine. Like you know, like she's yeah. she she could she's she's a badass. She she seems so to own herself pretty decently. Yeah, she does. Yeah. She, that's what I love about her so much is how much her ownership of yeah. self. Uh, one of my favorite. Not even, it's not like it's not stunt casting, but it reminds me of when I see Spike Jones in a movie. But one of my favorite casting choices is her in Zodiac. I don't know why, but like seeing yeah, Chloe yeah, yeah. in Zodiac is always like. Like, I love that you're here. Yeah. Like, it makes me feel so good, even though the movie's so, so dour. This, this, sure. this is a conversation for off mic, but that's just like, that's the thing I love about David Fincher is he is very good at getting psychologically into actors. Yeah. Yeah. He really um, is. He also is just like, he's kind of the jock amongst in, cool indie directors and stuff from sure. the 90s. Because I mean, like, he did music videos and he did. I don't want to yeah. insult anybody listening to this podcast too heavily, but I gotta say, if you think that David Fincher is like a tyrant, Maybe you're just a beta. <laughs> like, <laughs> Whoa! Like you're intimidated by his alpha energy, and you're just like, and instead of running away from it, maybe lean into it, maybe try to learn from this guy. Yeah, I mean, he is such a tech. Not to say that, you know, Fight Club's had its, Fight Club's oh, had God, its effect yeah. on the culture. Yeah. Not saying that, but he's also directed, you know, Gone Girl. Yeah. The Social Network. He's a technician. Zodiac. He knows how to mess with genre in his own particular way that yeah. is very unnerving. And one movie I really want to revisit is The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. I've never seen it. Because I want movie. to know what he was doing there. Because when I saw it at first, I was like, this is kind of like Forrest Gump if the only thing he's looking forward to is having sex. And <laughs> like, because all they do in that movie is like, he goes around the world. Okay, now, now you're making me think this movie might be a secret masterpiece. That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, there must be something to it. And I've heard people like on Letterboxd and stuff say like, it is a very beautiful look at life which is kind of a cynical view of life which is that yeah. there's only a few things we can look forward to and the other people that we hold dear and stuff we're talking about <laughs> the curious case of benjamin button on this buffalo yeah. yeah i've seen that movie not in a long time but i fucking love that movie there you yeah. go yeah. Hey, I, I would love to revisit it haven't yeah. seen it in a really long time since high, like middle high school yeah but i loved it i, I saw it in, i saw it in middle high school also yeah yeah, yeah. okay what well, else do we have to say about uh, Buffalo 66? Um, Vincent Gallo is a weird, really good bowler. <laughs> he is? He's yeah. a good bowler. I, I love, love you to know that he has a big dick and he's a great bowler. Yeah, and <laughs> I just, I love that he looks into camera whenever he's like, oh, yes. oh, I got it. Yes. He, um, is like, he actually is bowling. He genuinely is, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that the photo booth uh, sequence is hilarious and beautiful in kind of a it's all ironic way. It's everything. Um, that's the most quotable one. I brought my friends to this movie at a midnight screening and oh, I where? did not know how I was going to go. It was at um, New Beverly. Oh, nice. It was my first time this at the New Beverly. This is the night of the New Bev? Yeah, and they showed the trailer for the Brown Bunny beforehand, too. Yo! Yeah, it was pretty cool. It was on film? 
It was. I'm pretty sure it was on film. Damn. Yeah, it must have been. Yeah. Um. But I remember my friends like liking it in the end. It was. There's you know obviously lots of moments of silence because you're not sure. Am I allowed to laugh yep. at this guy totally. slash with this guy? But when we were in the bowling alley, everything about it, the dance, the bowling, and the photo booth all resonated. Everyone was laughing. Sure. Everyone was like in the palm of his hand. It's yeah. because you finally start to fully see the picture on him. Yeah. And it's really hard to be able to. And that's what I was talking about with Dustin when we watched mm-hmm. it. Is that it's you have to get through him being a complete prick yeah and then you have to get through his family completely abusing him mm-hmm. yeah in order to fully start to come around to this is what this character is this is what this movie is yeah. this is the kind of situation I'm gonna see yeah then it's really in the it really is unfortunately in the hands of Christina Ricci for the rest of the film the movie yeah she has a level of power that she kind of quietly She's alludes kind of to exactly like I think you know and this is built on IMD on, on uh, Wikipedia as a crime f- movie that's funny <laughs> uh, yeah well like, there's it, one it, crime committed off screen like, actually well yeah. the goal that he's trying to get to is to commit a crime oh two yeah like you understand oh, obviously, like, why yeah. he's like going to the bowling there's three alley. crimes if you think about it there's yeah. Yeah. crime the off screen there's kidnapping Christina and then the Ricci, one he wants to commit and the one he yeah. wants to commit yeah 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 and but like you realize that like while he's bringing while Christina Ricci's on his with him on his quest and he's like bowling and stuff he's going to gather the material he needs to exact his revenge. Yeah. And then what's great is at the end, he chooses... He chooses uh, life. He chooses... <laughs> he does. He, he, he does, does the train spotting. He chooses he love. Does. Yeah, he chooses life. He chooses love. Um... But, like, in that way, kind of Christina Ricci is the protagonist. Yeah, she... I think. She's the one that is um, dr- driving the discovery of this guy. Yeah, because she has and wields a, a power of freedom, I think, yeah. the whole time. She could leave whenever she wants yep. to, technically. Um, like, go, that's progressively true as the movie goes yes. on. But I think what I love about the dancing sequence in the bowling alley is that, like, she kind of... Set to Moonchild by King Crimson, by the way. Yeah. Another great prog rock usage in this, in yeah. this movie. But something about that dance does make it feel like she is so her own individual and just like almost that's her towering above Vincent Gallo in a way because it is kind of like liberating. It's, it's making him small. It's, it's making him even smaller in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, liberating. Exactly. Yeah. I think it is about a sense of freedom that he he is a prisoner of his own self. And you see that when he breaks down in a bathroom and in turn trying to keep her prisoner. Exactly. Yeah. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to kind of keep, try and keep on intimidating you and like, you know, saying like, I'm going to I'm going to hurt you. And then his insults all of a sudden become like, uh, you're not going to be my friend anymore. Yeah, I'm never going to yeah. talk to you. Yeah. And it's like, dude, you have nothing. You're just like blowing hot you air all nothing. over the place yeah and the fact that he came from a bathroom in the beginning of the oh, movie that's oh a that's a brilliant short film in its own right it is. Just a man it is. out it of is. prison having to go to the bathroom yeah can't even get that right exactly yeah I and think on I'm sorry I just cut no you. it's okay no, it's, it's my podcast it I, I, I gotta cut the fuck up <laughs> yeah you're the guest <laughs> mom said it's my turn to play on the Xbox mom <laughs> said you had to do a three person podcast <laughs> I didn't want to you brought five of your little brothers with you <laughs> sitting there drinking Hennessy it's fucked up. They've been very well behaved, though. <laughs> so we're all going out for Skittles. Yeah. <laughs> they're day drunk. <laughs> what happened? Like, on second watch of this film, I like every single scene in this movie, to be yeah, honest, yeah, yeah. honest with you. It's one of those. But on this second watch, I also, this is the first time I've seen the movie in about two and a half years, uh-huh. But uh, which is, a, I think, a good break, and I probably won't watch probably, it again for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Um, I was so surprised at how 
uh, vividly it stayed in my mind yeah. for those two and a half years. So it's kind of like I was watching clips of the movie just kind of over and over it's again. It's dreamlike because you look at you think of every detail in it, and it is like it is so specific and out of whack that it feels the like the red a, wall that yeah. Ben Gazzara is singing. The against. lighting it just like turns into a weird yeah I don't know. a weird show yeah. But I think my two favorite moments upon rewatch that are kind of at the top of the list for me as far as like favorite moments are the top, when he calls Rocky Goon before yeah. he goes into the Scott Wood Club. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fucking incredible conversation. So, yeah. So amazing. Goon, goon, goon. So fuck you. So yeah. fuck you. And he's like, I'm giving you all my stuff. Like, all that. All that, that. Oh, that, that, that one that's particular. What I was yeah, that's, yeah. What I, that's what I was talking about. Where he's about. like, I'm giving up whatever. I'm giving you the locker I have a locker. That's all I have in my life. My family yeah. doesn't give a shit about me. I'm giving you, like, my my trophies, my pictures, yeah. my boots. That's my, it. My photo of Wendy Balsam. Yeah. Oh, oh and that God. was my, and then my other favorite moment is when they're in the motel yeah. and he's asking her about uh, when he's when she's asking him about Wendy Balsam and I can't remember what that last line that he says is but he's talking about how he's like the reason I didn't date any girls is because I didn't find anyone that I liked mm-hmm. or whatever like that let me see if I can find the last line yeah but I think that, that Wendy Balsam scene is also just uh, Roseanne that, Arquette's great in that movie Roseanne yeah. Arquette's fucking awesome she's so creepy uh, After Hours yes After yeah. Hours After, After Hours, hours baby. baby bringing it back to all my favorite ones <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, she's great in it, and uh, I also just love her her husband, and I love his like really thin yeah. mustache, <laughs> oh, Beyonce yeah. or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. And I just love guys a prick. Yeah, <laughs> guys an asshole. Guys an absolute prick. Oh my god, uh, yeah. I uh, this is the first time I've seen this, and I would recommend it. I think it, this is hell gonna, yeah. So this is I'm glad that this is in my brain now, mm-hmm. and it's funny. I, it'll come back when I need it. Yeah, I rented this movie to watch it again at work. Um, I got Smart. I got thirty minutes in before I couldn't really watch it again. Sure, but, like I've seen it so many times that I just kind of like know it and feel it. I think yeah, and just like it really resonates with me still. Uh, I'm glad you guys watched it. and I'm glad you guys liked it. Uh, well, I guess I'm glad you watched it, Mason. I liked it. Yeah, I'm glad that Noah and I bonded over this movie a little bit. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's I mean, look, you got to just sit through the whole movie. Yeah, it's, you really do. Yeah. Just sit I mean, through the whole like, movie. You know, yeah. I it's it's I'm coming on. Uh, by the time that this airs, Rocky, I'm sorry, I'm going to dump this on you, but it's like you, you're, I, I'm coming to a pinch point in my life, mm-hmm. and uh, it's causing me to look back at everything that I've been doing recently. I'm the exact same point. You know exactly, yeah. and when you get to the point where you're like, you have that purpose, and you realize, oh, this is what I got to do next. Then the story forms, yeah, and you look back and you see, oh. Every single thing, kind of, all this pain, all this something was able to get me to this moment. And that's kind of how I felt watching this movie, which is, like, really got to sit with this guy's pain and anger. Yeah. Really got to sit with this, like, kind of lost little boy. Mm-hmm. And the movie does a great job of just revealing the truth, which is that he is this lost, sad little boy. Yeah. And, you know, so, when it comes to the ending and he has to make the choice about whether to kill or save himself, he chooses salvation. Yeah. And uh, that's a beautiful sentiment, I think. Yeah, it's, you choose salvation even if it, like, instinctively doesn't feel... Or, like, you don't even understand it. You yeah. Know? It's like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he doesn't understand when she's telling him, I love you. And, like, mm-hmm. like please come back. I care about you. Mm-hmm. I think you're worth something. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, he's about to leave this hotel room. And he, it's all just, like, hitting him. And, like, his walls are down, basically. But yeah. But he doesn't know how to accept any of it. He's he won't just, even hug her. Yeah, exactly. Like, shake hands. Yeah. yeah. It's like, don't... Yeah, don't start evil. Don't make it weird. Yeah. Which is, like... That, that's how unwilling he is to be open to sympathy. 
And it is this journey in, into trauma and out mm-hmm. of it a little mm-hmm. bit where you like you kind of suck yourself out yep. yeah. because you realize that uh, you have some sense of control in your life and uh, maybe you're still an asshole to your friend. <laughs> you know, <laughs> to your one friend. To your yeah, one yeah, friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if you touch myself, I'll karate chop you on the head. Yeah. Um, I, goon, I, I swear to God, yeah. <laughs> if you touch my shit, I'll karate chop you in the freaking head. So you're not perfect, mm. but also you're willing to get hot chocolate for your girlfriend and for the people in the restaurant with you. Yeah, and, uh, I think that's um, it's you're not perfect, but you're willing to buy your friend hot chocolate. It's it's magical. It, it really like, like emotionally, it is magical. I rarely see a movie that makes me feel as elated when I watch something like this movie. Sure, when I watch especially this movie for, in particular. Yeah, I want to keep going into this, like especially for how hard it is at the beginning. Yeah, it is an abrasive film, and like it starts with, in a sympathetic mode. Then as soon as he starts talking, you're like, oh, this guy's actually Maybe. kind of a psycho. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But like the first half, you're like, I kind of feel for this guy. He's in prison for some reason, so I'm a little like testy. But yeah, it's about facades you put on and um, what it means to take them down and to be yourself. And how, how, yeah. how yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. traumatic you know life is. And yeah, how Fuck, that man, how yeah. that sort of can carry with you if you aren't able to escape. And it. can reverberate through everyone else because you treat them the exact same way. Yeah, yeah. like it's it is the hurt people hurt people. Yes, you it know, is mantra. the yeah. Can oh my god, I'm gonna, I, I really know. Yeah, yeah, what's up? Bring me on for my twentieth appearance, and I'll, <laughs> I'll talk about Greenberg if that's okay. Oh wow, okay. <laughs> that's yeah, that's, is that uh, no bomb box? That's no bomb box. Okay. I'm not, I'm not as of this podcast, that's I have not seen that. That's the movie that movie. brought uh, Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach that, together. Yep. Classic. Yeah. And we have God to thank <laughs> no, for that. Noah Baumbach wrote that movie with his wife, met Greta Gerwig, <laughs> got divorced. Made got, Francis Ha. Yeah, made Francis Ha, got with Greta Gerwig. They're having a kid now. Oh, and shit. then he made a movie about divorce. So it's like this weird. Oh, wait. What was that fucking movie that Greta Gerwig was in a couple years ago with Ethan Hawke and Julianne Moore? Oh, Maggie's Plan. Maggie's Plan. That's yeah. it. So we're wait. so quick to Maggie's Ethan Plan. Ethan Hawke. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's uh, My Rudolph also is in that, I think. I want to see who wrote Because I wonder if Maggie's Plan is about. Noah Baumbach. May, I mean, maybe. What is it's, Maggie's plan? I've never heard of it. It's directed by Rebecca Miller, who's Daniel Day Lewis. That's Daniel Lewis. Oh, shit. Okay, okay yeah. interesting. Uh, uh, but who's, who's in uh, Meyerowitz stories as uh, Adam so Sandler's love so interest? She, oh, shit. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Which so, I will say. I will go on the podcast right now and say that Meyerowitz is one of best, Noah Baumbach's best films. 100%. Love yeah, 100%. Meyerowitz. Yeah. Love 100%. So excited for Marriage Story. Me yeah, too. too. Yeah. As of this podcast, Marriage Story hasn't come out yet. Maybe that'll change by the time this podcast will. I'm looking now, this will probably be like what is this episode 11 uh, yeah. yeah probably end of the year yeah end of the year kind cool. of so Mary yeah. Story will have been out and probably would have it will be on my top at least 15 probably I don't it's, know man I'm just imagining like the nominees for best director Benny and Josh Softy <laughs> <laughs> Noah Baumbach Greta Gerwig Bong Juno. <laughs> And Ra- and JJ and JJ Abrams from Rise of Skywalker. Say it, will it? Uh, Joanna Hogg, maybe that'd be cool. I don't know. <laughs> I would love for her. Oh, I don't know. I kind of don't want her to get nominated for an Oscar. There you go. Okay. Part two. Part two. Maybe. Oh yeah, you're right. My that, yeah. I'm bummed. My that anticipation that level for this for Rise of Skywalker and the Souvenir Part Two are equal. Right I'm now. bummed that Robert Pattinson's not in that sequel. I am. I am too. But I my. You haven't seen the souvenir, no. so I rewatched the souvenir recently, and not really with this intention. But this is—I got to this point, and like I have an idea about what the souvenir part two is. And I think the point—I think the part that I imagined Robert Pattinson having, knowing how Joanna Hogg works, she just like got rid of it. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. just cut it. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Because she's—we'll we'll talk off mic. Uh, yeah, we'll talk Rocky, off. where can the folks find you on the internet? Twitter at Rocky Pajarito. Um, that's like Spanish for little bird. Uh, if you want to Google that. Um, what what is? My my last name? It's Little Bird. Pajarito. So you're Rocky Little Bird? Yeah. 
Holy shit. Yeah. Isn't that cute? That's so I fucking... That. I love that. Maybe I'll be Noah Pockett. I like that. Hey, you know what's fucked up? What? So, preview, <laughs> preview for the upcoming episode. Uh, my buddy Sonny is going to join us in a, tomorrow. We're Ooh. recording tomorrow, but next week to talk about Ellen John's Tumbleweed Connection and Inherent Vice. Oh, yes. All right, cool. Uh, and so Sonny, Sonny's girlfriend calls him Bird. Wow, wow, that's cute. That is cute, right? That's cute, yeah. Their their uh their apartment is called the Nest. <laughs> Bird, where did I? Oh, uh, Nirvana, the band, the show. They call the the, the penis guy Bird. Yes, yeah. yes. You seen that show? Oh, I've seen clips from that show. I'm trying to get that guy to watch it. It's so. really. Funny. I've watched a couple yeah. episodes. I really like it. It just yeah. hasn't been something I've been watching recently. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, Twitter, Rocky Power. Yes, uh, watch everything now. Every Sunday and Wednesday at 8 p.m. But also, we're trying to do random shows here and there. Um, today. Shit, this is not going to come out for a while. <laughs> no. Well, today we're doing some fun stuff, and I hope you enjoy it if you're uh, one of these guys. If yeah. you're there. Uh, yeah, if you're there. And also, I'm on Instagram, the Lawn Wrangler. That's a Bottle Rocket reference. Um, and um, <laughs> yep. that's kind of it. I'm, I'm around, man. I'm, I'm trying stuff. Woo-hoo. Mason, where can people find you? Letterboxd. I'm on Letterboxd also. Sorry. He's <laughs> on Ronkey, R-O-N-C-K-Y, Letterboxd. Uh, uh, that's just my name. Uh Right now, my I'm just looking at my notifications because uh, a, my buddy Gabe just liked one of my reviews, and so I'm writing that Gundacker bump. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Gabe. Yeah. yeah, you know Gabe, right? I've been in a room with Gabe for a, a notes meeting for a, a friend's like movie idea. Interesting. And I was too high. <laughs> so I was like, like, Gabe Gundacker would be there like doing giving actual notes. Yeah, and yeah, they'd yeah. be like, Rocky, what do you think? I'm like... Yeah, uh, I, think, I thought <laughs> yeah. that worked really, really, really well. Um, uh, I, would th- I would love to see that in a movie. So, I, anyway, I think. so anyways, I'm on Letterboxd. I'm on, uh, I am also on Instagram at HotDogDebicki. That is Hotdog the Food Debicki, Elizabeth Debicki. Like that. Uh, Good Sky Tonight. Uh, Spotify. I'll put the playlist link there, but I'm also making other playlists if you want to see how I'm using the music that comes into my life to organize my life. There you go. Uh, and I'm just doing other playlists and that kind of stuff. Hey, I hey. am uh, just hanging out. I'm a psycho. Um, I have another thing to, to note. Or Please to, do. Uh, so what's it called? To um, plug. Yeah. Um, I have a podcast with Will Levenger, a very funny writer. Um, maybe bleep out his last name. Fuck it. Don't worry about it. Uh, we have a podcast called Funny Man Sad that's coming out in December. <gasps> so check that out. It's oh, a- keep an eye out for Funny Man Sad, guys. It's about indie dramedies. I'll and, be on that uh, podcast. You're both going to be on it eventually. Hell yeah. yeah. It'll be ridiculous. Um, I actually have something to f- plug. What the yeah! fuck? Yeah! Believe it or not. Woo! Uh, by the time this one comes out, I think we're going to be launched at this point, so I want to plug it. Uh, me and my uh, creative partner, Federico Busiglio, yes. uh, who just likes to go by Fed, we're relaunching something that he's been working on for a long time called Your Local Government, which is just oh, a yeah. bunch of comedy stuff uh, that we're doing together. There's also going to be like text posts and like comics and stuff like that. We're launching through Instagram, so you can find us at YLG.world. Um, and I will also be on Instagram, actually, for the first time ever. What? Uh, you can That's find it. me uh, at Noah.dotmarger, Noah.marger. There he is. Uh, right. I'm there. I don't have anything up there right now. That name could change, and if it does, I'll update you. But we're going to be releasing comedy sketches. We're going to be releasing you know, little comics. We're going to be releasing like Photoshop text posts that Fed is making. So nice. we're just doing a whole bunch of stuff, and uh, we got some really great people who have been in this stuff so far. And you know, we're just going to keep doing it and see what happens. But that is that is, that is out as of this podcast. So yeah. uh, check us out on Instagram. And I think we'll also be having a YouTube page as well under the Your Local Government name. So gotcha. you can check us out on YouTube and Instagram. So, keep, so keep on keeping on, folks. Uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. See ya.